So it's powerful what God is doing around here. The blue chairs are filling up Sunday mornings, Lord. Amen. We're meeting so many new people. It's wonderful what God is doing. But we will come to a time very, very soon that, you know, you'll have to come early to get a chair. How many people knows that? It's happening. It's happening. But we'll just fill out the altars and do whatever we have to do as we just, you know, see the Lord and his wisdom of what we do with this building. Praise the Lord. I want you to go with me to Judges 13. Anybody ready for a little bit of word? So I got up this morning, of course, early, and, uh, you know, it starts early, even on social for here. Prayer Coach starts at 6 a.m. with the Garcias, then 6.30 on YouTube with me, and then 7 o'clock on Prayer Coach back on with me. Um, and, you know, before you would ever get to work, you know, you just wouldn't even be able to think about sinning <laughs> if you got involved in all of that, plus your personal devotion, Amen. Plus your personal worship. It would be amazing, praise the Lord. The devil would just walk on by your house and not even bother messing with you. <laughs> but I heard something this morning, and I heard this. Do not let anything weaken your power. Let me say that again. Do not let anything weaken your power. And I immediately remembered... Uh, Samson, his story, and we're going to read it because I want you to see it. If you don't have your Bible tonight, it'll be on your screen for you, and, and you can just, you know, just, but I ask you, whether you're reading from your Bible, your device, or on the screen, I just ask you to, you know, to, to track with us, and uh, so that you don't check, uh, this is for you, because there are forces at work that wants to rob us of power. The same spirits that were at work, you know, in Samson's time are the same spirits that are at work in our time. It's like, you know, when I was, you know, when we were, we were praying heavily over uh, Washington, D.C. and change of governments and all those different things over these last many years, is that, you know, the demons don't change. Principalities and powers don't change. The personality may change in the White House, but principalities and powers don't change. It's not like everybody all switch. And the ones that were over D.C. are now over Chicago. It doesn't work like that. Amen. So you're still working with the same old, um, but uh, just different personalities. So I just agree with you right now. In the name of Jesus, for eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that will receive. Hallelujah. Now, we're people of faith. The spirit of faith is in operation in this room. Those that are watching online right now, more and more watching. Amen. So we just release and we receive by faith. And we release that spirit of faith to lay hold of the truths that God wants to speak to us, each and everyone, individually. Because what you will hear may not be what someone else will hear. But what I clearly heard this morning from the spirit of the Lord was... Beware of things that are at work to weaken your power. Hallelujah. So for your reference, we're going to take down Judges 13 and 14 and also Galatians 5. Amen. It's already gone 8 o'clock, as I said, so we don't have much time for we're going into it in any great depth, but I'm going to hit it. We're going to read the word and let the word speak, speak for itself. I'll interact in some ways uh, with you, um, but this begin to read. Hallelujah. Chapter 13, Judges 13. And the Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, if we were just to stop there, 
there's enough there to preach on for hours. It says the Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. This was not a new thing. And so Lord, the Lord is never caught out. He always has a plan. And the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. You think they would learn. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you were barren and have no children, but you shall become pregnant and bear a son. Therefore, beware and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. A lot of New Testament folks will say this is Old Testament stuff, but there are purpose. There are purposes for the Lord saying these things. I always take note to instruction. Because instruction is necessary to the fulfillment of the answer or the solution of the problem. We just can't throw scriptures out there, shotgun, and just think, cherry pick, whatever way we can, that something's going to happen. God is a God of structure. He's not a God of, of just, you know, just, uh, what would you say? You know, just what, whatever, you know, just jelly. He's a God of structure. He has a plan. Amen. He has organization. And so he's saying here very, very clearly that you will not drink wine, you will not take strong drink, and you will eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall become pregnant and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from birth. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Now, this is amazing. <clears throat> then the woman went and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his face was like the face of an angel of God, to be greatly and reverently feared. I did not ask him from where he came, and he did not tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall become pregnant and bear a son. And now drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from birth to the day of his death. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O Lord, let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we shall do with the child that shall be born. And God listened. Underline that, please, or highlight it. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again. Underline that. And to the woman as she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Who is this? <laughs> And Manoah said, I am was the secret uh, revelation. And Manoah said, now, when your words come true, how shall we manage the child and what is he to do? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the mother beware of all that I told her. She may not eat of anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. This is clear. I want to speak this to you. Just because we are New Testament believers does not mean that God does not have a plan of action for each and every one of us. It is not just 
whatever, and hopefully something works. God is an on-purpose God, and he has ways of working and doing and being right. Hallelujah, Matthew 6. Glory to God. What verse were we at? Hallelujah. 15, and Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, pray, let us detain you that we may prepare a kid for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you make ready, that's great for missionaries right there. That when you go to India and people make you food and you say, no, thank you. This is your scripture reference. <laughs> you want to stay alive. But if you make ready a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord, capital A. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? So that when your words come true, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, when you, well, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Hallelujah. Look at the reference right there. Isaiah 9 verse 6. Check that out. You get a revelation of who this is. So Manoah took the kid with the cereal offering and offered it upon a rock to the Lord and the angel working wonders while Manoah and his wife looked on. For when the flame went up toward the heavens from the altar, look at this, the angel of the Lord ascended in the altar flame. And Manoah and his wife looked on, and they fell on their faces to the ground. <laughs> Revelations just hit them. The angel of the Lord did not appear again to Manoah or to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die because we have seen God. Now, this is just nonsense. Why would God go to the trouble of revealing to himself to them? And then them dying two minutes later because of his presence. Just this is how religion gets in and messes things up. But his sensible wife, everybody say, thank God for sensible wives. But his sensible wife said to him, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a cereal offering from her hands, nor have shown us all these things, nor now have announced such things as these. And the woman in due time bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in Manahe, Dan, the camp of Dan between Zorah and Estiel. Now, I just want to bring you back there. See where in verse 25 at the beginning of it says, The spirit of the Lord began to move him at times. Selah. Let's look at chapter 14. Everybody doing good? We all good on the screens? Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Of course, a little bit of time has passed, and, you know, he's up and he's looking at girls now. And he came up and told his father and mother, I saw a girl. I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah, and I get her for me as my wife. Now, he's kind of forthright. Do you imagine going to your mother and father and saying, get her for me? But his father and mother said to him, is there not a woman among the daughters of your kinsmen 
or among all our people that you must go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she is all right in my eyes. Moving right along, verse 4. His father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord and that he sought an occasion for assailing the Philistines. At that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then Samson and his father and mother went down to Timnah and came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion roared against him. The spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Remember verse 25 of verse chapter 13. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion as he would have torn a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a while he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the body of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the body of the lion. And he scraped some of the honey out of, into his hands and went along, along eating. And he came to his father and mother and gave them some, and they ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the body of the lion. His father went down to the woman, and Samson made a feast there, for that was the customary thing for young men to do. And when the people saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. And Samson said to them, I will now put forth a riddle to you. If you can tell me what it is within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen undergarments and 30 changes of raiment. But if you cannot declare it to me, then shall you give me 30 linen undergarments and 30 changes of festive costly raiment. And they said to him, put forth your riddle that we may hear it. Verse 14. And he said to them, out of the eater came forth food, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not solve the riddle. Everybody know what the riddle is? Just back up a few verses. In three days. And on the seventh day, they said to Samson's wife, entice your husband to declare to us the riddle, lest we burn you and your father's household with fire. This is getting kind of serious over a riddle. Well, I come from Ireland. We've seen a lot of fights over the years that started out as a joke. And Samson's wife wept before him and said, you only hate me. You do not love me. You have put forth a riddle to my countrymen and have not told the answer to me. And he said to her, behold, I have not told my father or my mother, and shall I tell you? And Samson's wife wept before him the seven days their feast lasted. And on the seventh day he told her because she pressed him with entreaties. Then she told the riddle to her countrymen. And the man of the city said to Samson on the seventh day before sundown, What is the sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. And the Spirit of the Lord, verse 19, look at this again. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon and slew 30 men of them and took their apparel, a spoil, and gave the changes of garments to those who explained the riddle. And his anger was kindled, and he went up to his father's house. But Samson's wife was given to his companion 
who was his best friend. This gets more and more sinister. But some days later, in the, in the time of wheat, chapter 15, in the time of wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife, taking along a kid as a token of reconciliation. And he said, I will go into my wife in the inner chamber, but her father would not allow him to go in. And her father said, I truly thought you utterly hated her, so I gave her to your companion. Is her younger sister not fairer than she? Take her, I pray you, instead. This was a crazy mixed up house. And Samson said of them, This time shall I be blameless as regards the Philistines, though I do them evil. So Samson went and caught 300 foxes. He was mad. He caught 300 foxes or jackals and took the torches and turning the foxes' tails into each tail, tying them. He put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he had set the torches ablaze, he let the foxes go into the, the standing grain of the Philistines. And he burned up the shocks and the standing grain along with the olive orchards. Then the Philistines said, who has done this? And they were told, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite. Because he, the Timnite, has taken his Samson's wife and has given her his companion. And I'm telling you, the rimmerweed was going wild with this. I think this was Ireland, not Timna. <laughs> and the Philistines came up and burned, look at this, in retaliation. You ready? The Philistines came up and burned her. And her father with fire. All oh, desperate stuff going on. And Samson said to them, If this is the way you act, surely I will take revenge on you. And after that, I will quit. And he smote them hip and thigh unsparingly, a great slaughter. And he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock of Edom. Now you have to understand, there's a 20-year uh, span that is going on here. Of, of Samson's, uh, truly his, his true influence. But it did extend to 40 years. And so there's a lot going on. Then the Philistines came up and encamped in Judah and spread themselves in Lee. And the men of Judah said, why have you come up against us? And they answered, we have come up to bind Samson to do him as he has done us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock, Edom, and said to Samson, have you not known that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that you have done to us? He said to them, as they did to me, so have I done to them. And they said to him, we have come down to bind you that we may deliver you into the hands of the Philistines. Who needs friends like these? This is an amazing twist of stories. And Samson said to them, swear to me that you will not fall upon me yourselves. And they said to him, no, we will bind you fast and give you into the hand. But surely we will not kill you. That's, that's a benefit right there. So they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes on his arms became as flax that had caught fire, and his bones melted off his hands. And he found a still moist jawbone of a donkey. Now, where do you find one of those lying around? <laughs> Oklahoma. Somewhere right near Slapout. 
or just north of Miami. The jawbone, I love the, the, the still moist jawbone of a donkey. And reached out and took it and slew 1,000 men with it. And Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain 1,000 men. I'd like him on my side. And when he stopped speaking, he cast the jawbone from his hand. And that place was called Ramath-Lehi, the hill of the jawbone. Samson was very thirsty, and he prayed to the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance by your hand, right, to your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised. And God split open the hollow place that was at Lehi, and water came out of it. And when he drank, his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore, the name of it was called En-Hakor, the spring of him who prayed. I could go all day on that, which is at Lehi to this day. And Samson judged, uh, ended Israel in the days of Philistines 20 years. Now it goes on, and uh, I will go into this again <clears throat> on Sunday night. But you will see through this that he was given tremendous power and tremendous authority. Truly, in this day, there was no one like him. It was exactly as it was told to his parents, and this was outworking. The parents had a strange child. This strange child at times had the Spirit of the Lord come mightily upon him to do powerful things. The enemy did not like this power, couldn't do anything about this power. Friend and foe couldn't do anything about this power. You would think that everybody would want this power on their side. But yet when you read it, everybody just wanted rid of it. Because it interfered with the status quo. Even today, in the, in, in the high escalons of religion, a lot of people sit fighting power. They do not want to see people operate in the spirit of the Lord. Because it rocks the boat. Religion wants a tidy, and religion wants all the power. But I have news for religion. Watch out. The power is manifesting in a way that we have never seen before. Come on, give the Lord praise. Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it now. He said, greater works than these shall we do. Come on, everybody. Greater works than these shall you do. You have to understand that there are thieves out there that want to steal the secret of your power. I know this is Tuesday night prayer meeting. It's gone 829. But when the Spirit of the Lord speaks things like this to me, I know that too many people are given too many secrets away. Stop telling people the secrets of your success. Stop telling people the power of your prophecy. Stop giving people insight cheaply, selling your birthright for a bowl of oats. Stop giving over what has been given to you by birthright. God's hand was placed upon you to do certain things. Are there people that don't want to pay the price that you have paid? Want what you carry for cheap.
I want you to let your hands say, the power is not for sale. I used to wonder why people didn't give lots of things away for free, and then I realized the benefit of putting a price on things because it changes the dynamic. I understand a gift. I understand an arm. I understand an offering. I understand seed. I understand, you know, in, in certain company, being able to talk in a certain way that can equip and empower those who entrusted with that will actually do something with it and will increase it spiritually, physically, relationally, in, in all realms. But there are those who just want to get close to you because they want what you have. But yet they can't carry what you have. And they really don't want it for themselves. They just don't want you having it. And so some people will actually take what you have and trash it. And then nobody benefits of it. Think about Gaza. Classic. Karma self. Many of you have been to Israel. We got to be there uh, several times and got to be down in Gaza before it was given over to the Palestinians. And you wanted to see food grow out of sand, out of desert. The most beautiful peppers, the most beautiful fruit growing out of nothing. And the only people that could work that land were the Israelites. And you would have thought that the Palestinians would have taken everything that was there, all of those greenhouses, all of the water plumbing, everything was there just for them just to walk in and say, okay, guys, just stay a while, teach us how to do this. No. The moment, the moment that the Israel, Israel, uh, Israelis were put out, the Palestinians trashed the whole thing. Trashed it. But the land wouldn't work for them. See, a lot of times you have to be wary. I've had a lot of people over the years, and, and you know what? Sometimes you just have to realize that people really don't want me. They want who I'm connected to. And sometimes you have to realize that people really don't want you. They just want what you have. And that's a sick situation. Sick situation. It's rampant in the church. If I can just get up at any cost, let's go, baby. It's in the business world. But I'm telling you, you can see from the start of the story of Samson, you don't want to miss Sunday night. We're going to pray. We're going to pray fire. You can see that this power was wanting to be removed. And what Samson did was this, that he got his eyes off the plan. Enjoyed the power, lost the respect for the power. Took for granted the Spirit of the Lord upon him. He had an issue with women. I suppose that's better than having an issue with men. But nevertheless, sin is sin. It's the same. 
devils. And the enemy went into overdrive to entice him, to bait him. I want you to declare this. I am not going to be baited. My God, say it like you mean it. I am not going to be baited. Come on, the days of being baited are over. Worship the Lord right now. The days of being baited are over. You may think, my God, Pastor, this is so strong. Listen, I, I am for you. I love you. I am your pastor. I love you. And the reason I'm preaching this tonight is because I do not want any of you being taken for granted. I want every one of you to make it. Shut it out. I'm going to make it. Come on, say it again. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it all the way. I'm going to make it all the way to the end in the name of Jesus. And it doesn't matter how many things come my direction, that the enemy wants to throw my direction to bait me. It doesn't matter how many Delilahs want to come down the road. We're going to respect that we actually carry something that can help other people. But you must never forget that as unique as you are to your fingertips, you are unique spiritually. Each and every one of us were fearfully and wonderfully made. There is no one like you. And even naturally speaking, you are blessed. Spiritually, you are endowed with power. You're a fortunate people. You've been given ear to the message of faith, the message of life, the message of healing, the message of victory, the message of authority. You've been given so much that pertains unto life and godliness. Samson, to me, is the, is the saddest story somewhat in the Bible. For one to be given so much, yet to have lost even more. You know the story. I'll finish it off in, in Sunday night. But the enemy just didn't let up. I've read several chapters to you. And it just keeps going. Twists and turns. Twists and turns. And eventually... You see how his first wife did him emotionally? And then Delilah did him exactly the same. Why won't you tell me? Watch out for company that tried to reel you emotionally. They're not in this room. I'm just telling you. I wish I could say with, with all conviction that everybody's motive is pure, but we're flesh. And if we were perfect, then we would never have been given Galatians 5. And Galatians 5 tells us very clearly to stay, stay away from the works of the flesh. Stay away from everything that Samson got into. Sister, love that man. But I'll tell you, there comes a moment where you can't live in that emotional upheaval because it's a mess. Sir, love that woman, but I'm telling you, you can't live a life 
of emotional berating and emotional upheaval and don't you love me? If you love me, you would. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this morning to me, beware, things are at work to weaken your power. Now, I, you know what? I don't believe it was for me personally, but I take it. It's enough for me to jump to attention and look around to see, wait a minute, what's up? Because what I carry is not for sale. Begin to pray in the Spirit right now, all over this room. From the, come on, let me hear your voices. So powerful. Let the rivers of living water flow out of your belly. Wasn't that phenomenal worship tonight? Come on. What a message. You have a future. The future is set in God. He wants to empower you, equip you. His hand is upon you. There is no one actually like you. It's not a prideful thought. It is reality. You were made in the image and the likeness of God. Why do people want to stop you so badly? Why do want people want to cut you off so badly? Why does religion in all its form want to stop you? Why does it want to rob you? Why do other businesses want to take what it is you have? Well, it's not up for sale. Hallelujah. Lift your hands all over this room. I speak over you tonight the wisdom of God. Some of you will come in contact with people over the next two weeks, and what they will want is not you. They'll just want information from you. Once they're done with you, they will discard you because you have no further use. And even though you've heard this message tonight, unfortunately, when it happens, you will realize and remember, God already told me. But there will come a time where you will not do that anymore, and you will realize that you're not on this earth to be used by man. You're on this earth to fulfill God's plan which will bless man. And sometimes you have to come to a place that you realize that what you carry is more precious than silver. I've so enjoyed tonight. I wish we could have three more hours. The altar ministers are going to come forward in a couple of minutes. And if you're here tonight and you need prayer, just stay for two minutes just at the end. Come on forward at the end. There's power in this room. Phew.
See, not everybody, even in church world, knows how to bring the anointing. What a lot of people do is they follow trends. Do what other people do. But even in the church world, people have to come to a place where they individually can bring the anointing and not just borrow from others. There's a sound. A sound from heaven. Father, I worship you. I pray over every person tonight. The Father that we guard our hearts with all diligence because out of it flows the forces and the issue of life. Help us protect, Father, the treasure that you have placed within us. you to say this, I will never end up like Samson. I will always retain his presence. I will always retain my sight, my hearing. I wish I had time to get into this a little more tonight, but Sunday night is coming. Some things that can mess with that power. Then when you go to try and step out in power and victory and authority, it, it's not there. Because you're messing. Don't weaken live your life any old way you want to live it. Let this guide you. Let this lead you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside still water. Come on, he restores my soul. He anoints my head with oil. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Forever. 
kingdom. Come on, sing it again. Our God reigns. Come on, let's stand to your feet tonight. Our God reigns forever your King. Come on, sing it one more time. Our God reigns. Our God reigns forever. Come on, let's worship him as we go home tonight. Come on, we're all going to make it, every one of us. my top scriptures that I minister to myself, to the Lord on a constant basis is Micah 7 verse 8. And it's when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord is my light. And I love what the message translation says. It just simple says this. Don't crow over me, O my enemy. I might be down right now, but I'm not out. I want you to shout that out tonight. I'm not out. And I'm getting back up again. 